Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Well, we're once again in the book of Jude. The book of Jude is only one chapter long, so that's all you need to know is we're in the book of Jude. We started out, uh, for those of you who haven't been with us or maybe you've forgotten uh, uh, from the last week or two what we've already covered, we, we've already looked at the book of Jude and we said it, it is a book that is written by the brother, uh, the half-brother of Jesus and uh, Jude is is writing kind of uh, with the with the attitude of like a boxer, and we we've looked at this, and and one of the things that we initially discussed when we looked at the book of Jude was is that uh, uh, like a boxer, you have to be sure to uh, not only. Uh, not telegraph your punches and and make the other boxer know what you're going to do. But the most important thing is is to have a good defense, to keep your hands up, to be able to defend off the punches of the other uh, person that is is uh, uh, fighting you. And and uh, so that's important. The other, the next thing that a boxer, the, the next time that we looked at it. But the, a real important factor that that Jude brings up is is that. Uh, you have to contend for the faith. And uh, like a boxer, a boxer has to prepare. You don't go into a bout and and just expect to get up uh, one morning and say, hey, I think I'll go uh, and have a boxing match. Uh, you you aren't going to be prepared. You're not going to be in shape. You're not going to uh, be able to uh, physically... Uh, stand up to the trials of the the contest and you're definitely not going to be prepared to to meet your opponent in the same way a christian needs to not only keep their guard up and and be uh, on guard but as jude said in the first part of of uh, the book but we also need to contend for the faith and we need to uh, make sure that we are students of the word to be sure that we're uh uh, well prepared for the battle that we face each day as Christians, uh, the challenges, the struggles, the the problems, the the difficulties, and so now we come to uh, verse five of Jude, and this is where we're picking up today. And let's look and see what Jude has to say for us today. It says, "I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this." How that the Lord, having saved the people out of uh, the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their uh, first uh, estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved an everlasting chains under darkness into the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in the in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after 
uh, strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these filthy uh, dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when uh, contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, burst not, uh, uh, durst not bring against him a railing uh, uh, accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of these things which they know not, but what uh, they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. So we'll stop there uh, today. We're looking at verses 5 through 10 today. And and in this passage, uh, uh, this section of the Scripture, I'm reminded of, of uh, uh, as we've been looking at this book, we've been talking about the different metaphors related to a boxer. And uh, whenever a boxer takes a match... They not only have to be prepared, they not only have to uh, make sure that they've got the fundamentals of boxing down to a a science and that they are prepared mentally and and physically, Uh, they also need to understand the stakes. And that's what Jude is letting us know in this section of Scripture. He says, you need to understand the stakes of what it means to be a Christian. You need to understand the, the stakes of what, it, uh, what you're going up against. If you'll remember, we uh, discussed the fact that uh, many of the believers that Jude had uh, that is writing to that's he's trying to warn them of the the the, the dangers and all the struggles. They were a part of a church that had uh, been plagued by these who came after uh, uh, teachers and the apostles that had established the church, and they had began to to teach uh, antinomialism. And what antinomialism is, if you'll remember, is the basic fact that uh, they basically taught, well, once you have Jesus in your heart, once you have Jesus as a part of your life, once you've been forgiven, the grace of God is so great that you don't need to worry any at all about sin. You don't need to worry at all about uh, the problems that, uh, that you might face as a result of your sin. They taught that uh, you could go out and do anything that you wanted to do. You could go out and engage in all the worldly activities, all the sinful behaviors that you once had been involved in. And, and this, is a sin, uh, this is a teaching that is still around today. They don't call it by uh, its proper name, but it's crept into a lot of churches in, in the fact that there's a lot of Christians who, who they place a great stock in the fact of when a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They they celebrate and they worship when they get baptized in the baptistry. They uh, get so excited and uh, when they walk down the aisle to, to join the church and become a part of the church. But once they go through all those little steps, they feel like, 
well, we've done it. We've, we've done everything that's necessary. We're members of the church now. So they don't worry about missing uh, uh, church. They don't mind uh, the fact that they've not opened their Bible in a long period of time. They don't take time to study God's Word on a daily basis. They don't do anything to, to improve their relationship to Jesus Christ, to walk in uh, the Spirit, to do the things that God calls them to do. They simply do whatever they feel like doing. They go about their life as if nothing has changed. They get right back into the old habits that they had before they accepted Jesus into their heart and life. They go right back into the same sinful behaviors that they always were part of, and they gleefully go through life as if nothing's wrong. Jude is warning this church that has fallen into this trap of antinomialism. And Jude is warning us as well this morning that we need to be aware of the fact that, that there are... Uh, he spells out the dangers of having that kind of lifestyle, having that kind of attitude. He says in verse 5, he says, Look, uh, I am going to remember you in prayer, uh, he's talking about in prayer and his thoughts. His, his uh, I'm going to put you in remembrance. Though you once knew this, he says, at one time you were aware of the fact of who God was. He said, look, it was a part of Jewish tradition. It was a part of Jewish life to be taught about Moses, to be taught about how God delivered them from the, uh, the land of Egypt, how God delivered them through the wilderness, how God uh, performed miracle after miracle after miracle to help them go from Egypt to the promised land. And it was a part, it's a part of Jewish life to be taught uh, all the things that God did and, and all the ways in which God worked through Moses to, uh, to take them to the promised land, to deliver them to the promise of the covenant of God that was established with Abraham. And uh, he says, but many of you have forgotten those teachings. You've forgotten who God is. You've forgotten the fact that He has delivered you out of the slavery of Egypt. He's, he's, he says, you, you've forgotten what it means to, to be a child of God. To remember, uh, You've forgotten to remember all the things that God has done for you. And he says, so you need to be aware of those things. You need to remember those things of all of the ways in which God has delivered you. And he says, uh, and for many in the uh, uh, Jewish tradition, they held a high reverence for God because of the fact that God had done all these things. They knew the power and might of God because they had seen and witnessed how God had delivered all their enemies into their hands, how they had uh, basically been a, a, a mob of former slaves who had just been delivered from slavery, knew nothing about uh, what it meant to defend themselves, knew nothing of what it meant to go and to, to take a land uh, and to occupy that land, took those people who knew nothing about that and uh, allowed them uh, and God led them to defeat enemy after enemy after enemy, uh, battle after battle after battle where the Israelites should have been just wiped out because of numbers or because of, of sheer uh, military might or military strategy. The Israelites had no uh, understanding. Of, they had no development as a nation. 
in warfare. All of a sudden, they're, they're coming up against uh, uh, this nation after nation who uh, had uh, years and, and uh, in some cases, uh, you know, decades or, or centuries of, of military expertise as a part of the heritage of their, uh, the history of their nation. And they were able to uh, understand the fundamentals and uh, beyond the fundamentals of warfare uh, to strategy and to all these uh, different things that are necessary to win and wage war. How the Israelites came in and just decimated them, just destroyed them, uh, and were able to totally take over the, the land that God had promised them. Why? Because God was there for them. God went before them. God delivered them through, the, uh, through these battles. God uh, placed them in the, this new land because He had covenanted with, uh, with the people of God to put them there. And it caused them to understand the reverence, the all that, that God uh, was warranted in their life. But because these folks had been mixed up in antinomialism, because they had been mixed up in this teaching of, of just, okay, you've, you've gotten the grace of God, you've gotten the uh, forgiveness of God, so just go do whatever you want to do because God will forgive you. Uh, that is showing disrespect towards God. And, and really, when we sin, we sin... Um, uh, so many of us tend to think of, okay, this is what I've done in my life. And while this is something that God doesn't want in my life, whether it's stealing, cheating, lying, uh, whatever you, the, the sin might be in your life, you think about it in terms of what I am doing, what I've done, and what I might, you might have done to someone else. Well, what we fail to remember is, is what we're doing against God. We're sinning against God when we sin. And we need to remember that, that no matter how much of God's grace and God's forgiveness is there for us, we failed, when we disregard that, that uh, the results of sin, we disregard what we're doing to God. Uh, and so often... Uh, God used the illustration of marriage when describing His relationship between Himself and the church or between Himself and God's people. If you're in a relationship with someone, whether it's uh, just simply in a dating relationship or maybe it's more serious and you're married, you have a a marriage relationship, if you begin to... uh, start uh, talking ugly towards your spouse or towards your uh, the person that you love, if you begin to uh, verbally abuse that person, if you begin to, to go and, and start doing things that don't involve uh, your spouse or, or your significant uh, person in your life, in your relationship... They begin to wonder how much of a relationship you have. They begin to wonder how much you truly love them. If you begin to go out and and see other people and begin to have relationships with others and and not involve uh, yourself in in the life of that spouse, you begin to realize that 
I mean, your relationship's on shaking ground, and, and maybe it, it might even have ended. God says, when you sin against me, it's as if you're going out and having a relationship with another person. It's that same feeling God is saying, look, that same feeling that you have when, when your, your uh, uh, boyfriend, your fiancé, your spouse, if they were to go out and cheat on you with someone else. That's the same feeling God says that He has when you sin against Him. When you begin to do those things. And, and God uh, uh, even used uh, the metaphor of, uh, of a person going out and seeing a prostitute as being the same kind of attitude that, uh, that uh, people have when they go out and they sin against God. When we go out and we begin to uh, to do those things, it's as if we're going out and having relations with someone else other than our spouse. You might say, well, okay, wait a minute, preacher. If you uh, study that in the Bible, if you look at it, God, when He's talking about those things, is talking about when uh, the Israelites were uh, worshiping other gods, when they're going out and sacrificing on the altar of Baal or one of the or uh, Asherah or some other God that they got mixed up in, not just simply going out and and telling a lie or cheating on your taxes or or uh, looking at stuff on the internet that you're not supposed to look at or whatever it might be that you're doing uh, that's a sin against God. But I want to tell you something. Uh, while you might not actually go and and sacrifice on the altar to another God or or in, in more modern terms, you might not go to a church of uh, Scientology or the church of Satan or something like that and begin to worship another god. Uh, I contend that, that sin is, is that same attitude because when you're doing those things that you know to be wrong, those things that you know to be sin, what you're really doing is you're saying, uh, I feel like this is more important than my relationship to God. And what you're really doing is you're sacrificing at the altar of self. What you're saying is it's more important that I have uh, this boat or this house or this car or uh, these clothes or these things. Whatever it is that you've done that's sinning, you're saying these things are more important to me than my relationship to God. When you have a right relationship to God, you put everything else aside. Everything else in your life has less significance than your relationship to God. That includes your family. That includes your spouse. Uh, uh, everything in your life takes a back seat to God. But when we sin against God, when we do things that we know that displeases God, when we are, are out there in the world and participating in the things of the world, <coughs> we say, we're saying in essence, my feelings, my desires, my wants are more important than God. And you're really worshiping at the altar of self. God says uh, uh, through Jude that, that when we do those things that we need to understand the stakes. He says uh, those people who have had those attitudes, he says, verse 6, and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own uh, habitation. He, uh, uh, let me back up here for a minute. He, he first uses the example of those in Sodom and Gomorrah. 
or no, that's that's later. Um, these are all three. He gives three examples of of people who have fallen away from God, who have taken their desires to the ultimate end. He first talks about the angels who were in heaven who followed after Satan and were cast down, he said those were um, are going to meet the final judgment in the great day. Uh, we know that that judgment will be that they'll be cast into the lake of fire. He says those people cast their desires on another other than God, and that's the judgment that they faced. He says, uh, secondly, he says those people who are a part of Sodom and Gomorrah, those people in those cities that did all kinds of vile things, who engaged themselves in all kinds of sexual fornication, who went after the lusts of the flesh, went after the things and the desires of the flesh, uh, even to the point of, of going after uh, what, uh, uh, what is Jude puts as going after strange flesh, uh, going after a foreign... Uh, looking at, at de- having desires for strange things. And we don't know exactly what Jude means here. It could have been uh, 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 bestiality. It could have been uh, uh, something other, uh, some other perverse thing. But they were involved in all kinds of, of sexual immorality in Sodom and Gomorrah uh, from all the way from homosexuality through all kinds of other perversions. And we see here that... Uh, that Jude says those people who were involved in those things, they were met the judgment of the fire. He says not only did, were they destroyed from the face of the earth, but they'll receive eternal fire. What we uh, understand to be uh, uh, an eternity in, in hell, separation from God. And he says also likewise, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. Uh, this is uh, pretty much what uh, Jude is summing up what the uh, those who were teaching antinomialism were doing. They were, uh, he calls them filthy dreamers. He says they defile the flesh, they despise dominion and speak igno- evil of dignities. He says when they are basically being involved in this uh, these people who were saying, look, do whatever you want to do. They were involved in all manner of sexualities, uh, all manner of sins related to sensualities, to uh, just doing whatever they desired. Uh, and it, it most often took the form of sexual immorality. So, uh, so that's why he says uh, they're filthy dreamers. They defiled the flesh. They, uh, they did whatever they desired. He said, secondly, they despised dominion, which means that they despised the direction and leadership of God, and they spoke evil of dignities. They, they not only engaged in those evil uh, and sinful behaviors, but they uh, spoke evil to, about anyone who did the right thing. And, and that's in terms of, of like today uh, uh, would be anyone who would make fun of someone who uh, seeks to try and, and live a pure Christian lifestyle, a lifestyle of Christian purity, a lifestyle of, of living uh, a clean life. Uh, and that's basically what they were doing. They were speaking evil of, of anyone who was seeking to, to live their life in the proper manner. Um, 
So we need to understand uh, the implications. He says in verse 10, But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. And so Jude is saying, look, the, the stakes are high. Not only are they uh, uh, condemned for a lifestyle of judgment against God, but they are corrupting their lifestyle. They're corrupting themselves. And so going back to the understanding of what it was like, uh, what it was for a boxer, a boxer needed to understand the stakes of the of the bout. He needs to understand what's at stake. Maybe it's a ranking uh, that that he needs to be aware of. Maybe it's uh, simply uh, a psychological thing in terms of being able to uh, to beat an opponent and therefore be able to beat other opponents. For us as Christians, we need to understand the implications of our sinful behaviors. Yes, the grace of God is there for us. Yes, the love of God is there. God's desire is that He would have a loving relationship with us that that entails a, a beautiful relationship of closeness to God. But he says that, but Jude reminds us that God does not allow sinful behavior to go unjudged. Those who engage in, in, in uh, these sinful lifestyles will have their judgment. They will receive the judgment of God and, and those who uh, involve themselves in these kind of behaviors many times they fooled themselves about the relationship with God that they have. He says, basically, if you have a relationship with God, you're going to want to have a good relationship with God. You're going to want to live the kind of life that God desires for you. You're going to want to please God. You're going to want to be close to God. So the question again today is, what's your relationship to God? Are you just simply going through the motions. So many people who believe themselves to be Christians have just simply gone through the motions and all they're doing is fooling themselves because they're living their life as if they are not Christians because either they're not a Christian or they're not serious about their walk with God. Secondly, if you are a Christian and you've been walking away from God, doing your own thing, there's still time to repent, to turn back to God, to living for Jesus, living to exalt God, to lift Him up, to, to exalt Him in everything that you do. So I encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to give your heart to Him. And if you are a Christian and you haven't been walking as you should be walking, I encourage you today to come and to, to surrender to God, to lay aside all the things of the world and to live and serve Him in all that you do. Let's pray.